You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Getting Heated, the place to debate and discuss all things surf-related. We crowned two new event champions at the Corona Open Mexico presented by Quicksilver. But for event winner Jack Robinson, has his rookie year been an overachievement or an underachievement? Plus, with the Rip Curl WSL Finals just ahead, we are debating the most surprising surfers that did not make the Final Five cut, and who were the most shocking surfers to not make requalification. Finally, we are joined by the number one ranked fantasy expert, Kaipo Guerrero, for his predictions on the upcoming Rip Curl WSL Finals. Now, over to the Blakey Brothers takeover of Getting Heated. Vaughn, here we are on Getting Heated, another place we can pester each other. Uh, it's going to be a little bit like that time Dad said, if you guys are going to fight, go outside. And we had a one-hour fist fight, and you ended up crying out the back of the house, mate. <laughs> well, we don't just get to pester each other today, Ron. We get to pester everyone else as well. How good's this? Welcome to the backyard, folks. Get ready to rumble. <laughs> the Corona Open Mexico, presented by Quicksilver, provided a lot of entertainment for us during our lockdown. Wild cards, retirements, uh, new event champions, and it ended up being the last event of the regular season. Oh, man, what a contest. Jeez, when Chopes got called off uh, early in that event, didn't it just take on a, a whole new level of importance for uh, all the surfers who were left, uh, not just the uh, crew who were trying to lock in that top five position for the Rip Curl WSL finals, but requalification. Every single heat just took on so much significance, Ron, and it was just a spectacle, mate. Every, every single thing that I saw was just laced with, uh, you know, so much drama. And uh, it really paid off. What a comp. What a comp. There's so much to break down. Let's get into the good stuff. Jack Robinson finished the regular season at number 12 in the rankings, plus his first CT event win. Has Jack Robinson been an overachiever or an underachiever in his rookie year? Whew. Jack Robinson, man. A, a massive uh, overachiever for me. I think we've seen big names before, massively hyped rookies get on the championship tour. And, you know, you can't help but buy into the hype. You can't help but thinking, wow, this guy's got a title shot. If the, you know, the dominoes fall his way. Um, I think the, the big handbrake for Jack this year was the fact that we missed a couple of opportunities to get into some serious waves. And, and they were, for me, uh, events that Jack would have highlighted before the the tour kicked off. Pipe obviously got his shot, but came up against Kelly Slater. No shame in losing out to Kelly. Margaret River was an interesting one for Jack because even though he sharpened things up out on the open face and really improved his aerial surfing, um, if that event ran at the box and it could have very well have run at the box, um, Jack goes from kind of being an outside chance at getting through to some, some big heats and the latter stages of the contest to being the absolute undeniable favorite in that event. Something that Jack's been able to do, especially in his qualification run in 2019, was save his best to last. And the fact that he overcame 
such a, an incredible field in what were just high performance conditions and not ways of consequence. You know, is a massive overachievement. Uh, he jumped 14th pl 14 places to get himself to 12th position. And uh, I, I don't care what your name is, if you're a rookie in the championship tour and you're just outside the top 10 after a, a full regular season, then you've overachieved in a big way. Yeah, well, just like when you thought it would be okay to borrow my board when you were 13, Ron, uh, you're wrong again. <laughs> uh, look, I, my view is that this year would be viewed as an underachievement for Robbo. For a guy like Robbo, looking at Pipeline, looking at Chopes when it was on tour, uh, even Margies, as you say, like I think he would have backed his small wave game to get him into that top five. So uh, even though he'll, he'll take away a lot from this year in terms of having a breakout win and uh, getting close to that top 10, I think he'll look at the year as one that slightly got away from him. One to learn a lot from, but got away from him in the end, so underachieved. Yeah, no, you're, you're wrong, but some good points, mate. <laughs> Still to come, the biggest surprise is missing from the WSL Final Five picture. Plus, we are debating which surfers most shockingly failed to requalify for the tour. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Getting Heated, as you can see. I'm keeping score over here. The first uh, debate's in the bag. And we're uh, just about ready to move into the second one, Vaughn, but so far having a lot of fun, thanks. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, back when I was when we were kids, I used to uh, smash you at just about everything until you clued onto the fact I was changing the rules whenever you'd even get close. So, uh, yeah, I haven't had a victory for a while against the Rondog, but pretty sure today I'm going to wipe the floor with you and see how we go. Well, what's on deck for the, the next heat? Which surfers surprised us most by not making it into the WSL Final Five? Okay, well, uh, interesting choice here, Ron, considering he missed most of the year. But my choice as a surprise to miss that Final Five was Kelly Slater. The GOAT, the greatest of all time. I just thought that the, uh, the lure of trestles and a one-day event to win the world title would, would be enough of a carrot, a big juicy carrot, uh, that would entice Kelly to uh, at least get enough events under his belt to have a crack at that. Despite missing the Aussie League, he was number three in the world after Pipeline, obviously. Missed those events and had a mountain to climb wrong. But if there's one thing we know about goats, mate, they love climbing mountains and they're good at it. They're balanced. And um, I just thought Kelly came back uh, to Mexico. He looked 
so sharp. His boards look amazing. Like he, he sort of had a, a renewed energy, a bit of vigor in, in the way that he was approaching heats and stuff. He kind of didn't look sort of as desperate as he has in the past against some of the younger guys. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, he, he was third in the world after that first event, uh, the Pipe Masters, but obviously Trestles has been one of his best hunting grounds for victories. Um, but yeah, he, he's a funny one to, to throw into the mix. Um, I, I think, you know, because he was such a, a long shot after missing the Australian leg, um, it was always going to be difficult. But Tahiti may have presented the opportunity for him to, to maybe get a win and somehow get into that fifth spot. So, uh, yeah, I can see why you went with that. Um, I'm going to go with Kanoa Igarashi. Um, Kanoa started the year off great. Um, he had a couple of quarterfinals from the first three events and he was just tracking very well going into the last couple of, of events of the regular season. He was well poised. I, I feel like for Kanoa this year, the Olympics, you know, understandably presented a, a big distraction and you kind of saw his results fall off. But I was still surprised that he didn't get the job done, especially on the, the last two uh, venues for the CT. I, I mean, waves that are just tailor-made to his precision, uh, his incredible timing and, and his great variety. So uh, for me, that was a huge missed opportunity for Kanoa to, to capitalise and get himself a world title shot um, You know, on a coastline that he's very, very, very familiar with. Mm. What about the uh, the women, Vorno? Because there was uh, some big uh, emissions from the, the women's final five. The big standout for me, Ron, was Carolyn Marks. Just, uh, she had a great year. I thought, I thought she was just going to do it in a canter. For Carolyn to let this slip is a big surprise for me. Uh, I just thought that for some of the other women who qualified, like uh, Sally Fitz and uh, Tatiana, for example, they really project that burning desire to win all the time. But... Caroline seems to like just have that sort of Steph quality where she can just rip and just look like she's having a ball and, and the results sort of land in her way when she's uh, got momentum. So yeah, I thought she had enough momentum to get there and it's a huge loss for uh, Caroline to not be there. I think it'll be a huge disappointment. Yeah, I think she'd be massively disappointed. I mean, her, her rookie campaign was mind blowing. Um, I was predicting that she'd, she'd have a title shot in her second year on the championship tour. She was only a couple of heats shy of getting a world title. Um, and then this year I expected really big things again. And when she won the contest at Narrabeen, I was like, well, she's, she's kind of been turning in her best results with a backhand. And now she's got an opportunity on the left and she's had a victory. More than Caroline, I was really surprised that Tyler Wright, for me, uh, didn't make the final five, especially considering the start that she had to the regular season. Uh, a victory where she just looks so on, so much sharper than we'd seen her in the past, performance-wise. Took that early lead and, you know, just, just kind of kept tumbling down the, the leaderboard at, at each stop. Uh, but something happened in Newcastle, I, I think, that just kind of threw a bit of a spanner in the works. It was like overthinking uh, heat strategy when you're going up against someone who you've already shown in the, the first event that you're holding a performance edge over. Um, Tyler elected to surf a shore break, left Courtney Conlog to catch bigger waves out the back. It reminded me of board riders when you were a little kid and uh, the surf was too big out the back, so you surfed the shore break and um, it, it never usually works out that well for you because as soon as someone takes off on a wave that's two, three times the size of yours, um, obviously there's gonna be the opportunity for bigger turns. So 
that tactical decision seemed to put Tyler in a bit of a spin. I guess it says a lot about the, the depth on the Women's Championship Tour at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I, I find it amazing that two event winners aren't in that top five. But um, in better news, I've got the uh, updated side here, and uh, as you can see, things have shifted. <laughs> Who are we most surprised to see fall below the requalification line and fall off tour? Uh, when I think about the women, um, there is so much talent every single season in such a, a small field that uh, falls by the wayside. Uh, but for me, Malia Manuel was a really uh, big surprise. Um, Malia ha has been building for a long time towards the, the, the top end of the ratings. Um, consistency has been missing for her. but. Much like Kanoa Igarashi uh, on the men's side, quite often she saves her best performance of the season until the last event. And she's had a couple of finals in the last contest of the year to, to shore up her place um, above the qualification line. And, and this year she's just fallen short. Um, Malia needs to, to find that, just that, that clutch kind of performance in the early events in the, uh, the season. Uh, it, it's gonna be, you know, Interesting to see what plays out as far as you know, injuries and potential call-ups as a replacement. But uh, yeah, for, for me, Malia was the the big one that I, I felt should have jumped up into that, that top nine with her performances. Uh, my choice for the biggest surprise uh, and disappointment was uh, Bronte McCauley. Uh, not a disappointment in terms of, uh, you know, how the year panned out so much, but just disappointing for how good someone like Bronte surfs and again just finding uh, finding herself outside of that qualification bracket and I just think that you know she's going to have time to reset and time to come back onto this Challenger series and I totally expect to see her you know back on tour for, for 2022. Yeah there's always big surprises uh, with the Women's Championship Tour and who doesn't make that with only nine spots. It's inevitable that you're going to get some uh, surprises. But let's talk about the men's side, Vorno. Uh, there were some big names not cracking that top 20. The biggest for me, Ron, was uh, Owen Wright by a country mile. I just, you know, he was our bronze medalist at the Olympics. In the past two years, we've seen Owen surf everything from, you know, just the biggest caves, heaviest slabs, surf perfect heats, do incredible things. And just after a shocking start, it just cruel him. He, he, he didn't get the chance to uh, bank that chokes result. And I think it was a dangerous call anyway. No one wants to be leaving it to the, the last event to uh, solidify their place on the, the following year's tour. But this has been a big, big blow for Owen Wright. Uh, you know, he's, he's too good a surfer not to be on the CT. I still think he's a world title contender. Um, so that was a, just a huge shock for me. I almost didn't believe it when I saw those ratings. I was, I was baffled. Yeah, this is uh, maybe the one and only time on this episode where I'm going to uh, agree with you, Vaughn. Do I get that point? No, no, uh, we'll split the points. <laughs> it's going to be like the uh, 2015 final with uh, Mick and Julian <laughs> at J-Bay. 
Um, but yeah, Owen Wright, uh, you know, there is a lot of experience outside that requalification mark. Michelle Berez, Adrian Bucken, Jack Freestone, Wade Carmichael, uh, they were surfers too that you, you kind of would pick at the start of the season based off some of the finishes they've had in the past that they would be there. But Owen Wright's the biggest surprise for sure. Yeah, these the CT surfers who are hitting the Challenger Series, they're going to have to really be on their game. They're not going to just be able to rely on their reputations to get back on the tour. All right, Vorno, well, uh, I've tallied the scores. And there it is. Ronnie wins. That's the uh, requalification line, and you're sitting below <laughs> it, my friend. So uh, good luck on the Challenger Series. When we return, the number one ranked fantasy expert, Kaipo Guerrero, is here to let us in on his Rip Curl WSL final predictions. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Getting Heated. Right now we have a very, very special guest. A man who is on top of the world, taking out fantasy surfing in extremely fine form, getting the victory in the last event of the regular season. Vorno, do you know who I'm talking about? I sure do, mate. And uh, rumour has it that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to play him in the imitation game part two, the codebreaker, Kaipo Guerrero. Well played, sir. Uh, thank you, guys. And good to see both of you. Um, and thanks. Uh, it was uh, great to walk away from Me Mexico, ranked number one. I went into Mexico, ranked number six in the world. I was su surprised I got that high. And then once I got that high, I knew then the pressure came on. And I also want to say, I only, uh, there's some conspiracy theorists out there that I've been getting messages from. There's been no insider trading. Um, I only worked three of the seven CT events and all the information that I used was available to all the surf fans throughout the world. Congratulations, Kipes, a, a massive win. And uh, I can vouch for you. I, I know that there was no insider uh, information coming your way because I myself finished uh, way back in about more 20,000 position so uh yeah well done mate it was a well-earned victory and that's why we got you in because we want to lean into you and get your picks on what's going to unfold at the rip curl wsl finals in september how's it going to play out all right well i will go through the brackets right now match number one we got connor coffin versus morgan siblick i'm going to go with connor coffin in match number one match number two we already have the seat of philippe toledo he was going to meet up with Connor Coffin in that second match. I got the Brazilian Thunderbolts starting to strike the cobblestone at lower trestles at that point. I got Felipe Toledo coming out of match number two into match number three, where he Felipe Toledo will be facing Italo Fajera. At that point, that's when I go on to Team Goofyfoot, and I picked Italo coming out into the championship match, which is a best of three series with Gabe Medina. And this is how I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go Italo first match, Gabe second match, and then Gabe buzzer beater at the end, clinching another world title. That's, that's my brackets. Well, there's a reason, Kaipo, that you're number one in the world and live in a house and I live in a cardboard box, mate. It's because uh, I bet with my heart, not my head, and I am back in the little battler from Australia, uh, New Newcastle and Angari's very own Morgan Siblick. I just think that, uh, you know, he's primed. He's only uh, five heats away or six maybe from a, a potential world title. He's put together five heat runs all year and uh, I can see him going deep, mate. I'm getting on board the Morg train and we're going to ride that puppy home. <laughs> 
It's a, uh, a good emotional pick, Vorno, but uh, I think there's more rocks in your head than there is on the shoreline at Trestles. Um, I have to agree with Kipes. Um, you know, this is, this is going to be a big world title pressure moment. And Morgan, although he's had this magic run, I think he's going to have a few sleepless nights in the lead up to this event at Trestles. But I, I think it will be owned by those title contenders. I just think Medina goes into this one with just losing not being an option. And uh, yeah, I think it'll go all three heats in that final. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, Kipe. So I, I think I might be... 51% in Medina's favour, just the, the dominance that he's had through this season. But it is going to be awesome. I completely understand that, Ronnie. And, um, yeah, thanks for breaking the tie there for me. What about the uh, the women's final five? How do you see it playing out? Because we've got some surfers going for their first shot at a world title there too. So here's here's my brackets. Steph and Jaranda Faye meeting up in uh, match number one. I got Steph coming out of that match. That winner, Steph, will go against Sally Fitz. In that matchup, match number two, I'm going to go with Steph again. Then they, that winner, Steph, meets in another in the next match against Tatiana Weston Webb. I'm going to go Steph again, and I'm predicting a Stephanie Gilmore and Carissa Moore final at Lower Trestles. So in the title match, Steph versus Carissa, I'm I'm looking at Steph taking out the first match, Carissa coming back in the second match and the third match to take a fifth world title. Back home to Hawaii. Fair call. Uh, Vaughn, your, your thoughts on that one? I love Kaipo's thinking there. I think that Steph and Carissa just haven't had that opportunity to really have that sort of, uh, you know, just heavyweight battle. Two of the all-time greats in the octagon at the end, just ripping into each other. I'd love to see that for sure. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievably uh, exciting. I don't think, though that Steph Gilmore sitting at the, the back end of the, the final five on the women's side, though, is is going to be a, a dark horse. Um, obviously a proven campaigner. She's the most consistent surfer in the women's field when it comes to trestles. And uh, I think you're right, Kyle. So I think she can get all the way through to that final. And she proved again uh, in Mexico that, you know, if she's on a long-running, high-performance right-hander, uh, she, can, she can match it with the best. And... Uh, Vorno made a great point. Uh, Steph Gilmore and Carissa Moore have traded world titles, but we've never really seen them go head-to-head for a world title. The chases have been with other people. So my hands are are just absolutely sweaty at the the prospect of these two being able to fight it out in a three-heat series. And uh, I just, I can't see either one of them getting away with a, a world title victory in two heats. So I think that'd be a, a big reply. I think it'd go the, the three heats, but there's some really tough customers on, on the women's side that uh, both these surfers will have to overcome in order to get that world title. It's going to be so fun to watch. But uh, Kipes, I mean, we've thrown some opinions out there as well, but they mean nothing when you're talking to the current number one on the fantasy surfing rankings. Congratulations on the victory, my friend, and a great job this year in those final events uh, at the championship tour level. Thank you, boys. Great talking with you. The Fantasy Goat. See you, mate. Really good times. <laughs> the Fantasy Goat. Well, I think that's all we got time for. But, gentlemen, uh, looking forward to getting the Rip Curl WSL Finals underway. And we'll see you again soon on Getting Heated. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, guys.